Good morning all and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Let me say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for a new day. Thank you for another opportunity to come to you to spend the start of this new day and the new week ahead with you, Lord. And as we come to the secret place with you, we bring all our challenges and all our concerns. And yet, you tell us as we enter the secret place to leave all of that behind. To leave it outside the door and just come to you and commune with you. So that you can fill us with your joy. You can fill us with your peace. And out of that joy and that peace, when we are not when our brains and our thoughts are not clouded by the burdens and the concerns that we carry. You are able to fill it. When we have emptied it out of all of that, you are able to fill it with your wisdom, with your grace. You are able to bring your light into our circumstances so that when we are with you and you speak to us, you provide direction. We thank you, Father, for that peace. And that joy that you pour into our hearts. I've shared the same lot this morning with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you, with all those that do not want to know you. We share it also, Lord, with all those that we're lifting up at our altar of prayer and those that have no one to pray for them. And as we offer our faith to stand in that gap, we call on your name, the name of our Maker, the name of our Creator, the name of our Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, our fathers in faith, the God who always honors His covenants, the Lord who is the strength of our salvation and has covered our heads in the day of battle, the one who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And we pray in the name of His Son, Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega, the Author and the Finisher, the beginning and the end of all challenges, all circumstances, every good thing in our life as well. It is He who creates, has created everything in the universe, this, the express spoken word of the Father, now given to us to be made real in us. So that his ways can now be our ways. When we come in faith. When we understand through the wisdom that he provides. He is the truth. That is immutable, unchangeable. And in him is life. He is a bridge to the Father. And he came to give himself to us. To bring redemption. That we might no longer remain under bondage. But through his sacrifice. We might be justified. And returned. Restored. Reinstated in our relationship with God the Father. We pray in the name of his spirit. The spirit of the living God. The spirit of Jesus. The spirit of truth. The spirit of freedom. The spirit of El Shaddai. The all-powerful. The one who raised Jesus from the dead and now gives life to our mortal body. When we receive that new life in the spirit through him, 
through our born again experience, through our confession of our faith. He is the one who changes the times and seasons. He is the one who reveals the deep and secret things of the Father. The one who is capable of all of this has now made his tabernacle within our body. And we play host to that greatest force in the universe. And when we fully understand what we are hosting, then life itself is transformed into what is now possible with this life that only saw pain, challenges, suffering, shame. And he came to turn all of it around. It is he who gives life to our mortal body. It is he who lifts us out of the pit. It is he who is always quick to convict us, but never willing to condemn. The spirit of the living God given to be with us and live with us even unto the end of time. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the gift of your word and your spirit. You have blessed us with the gift of prayer. You have blessed us with the gift of angels and destiny help us. You have blessed us with every physical provision that when you are a shepherd, we shall be found lacking nothing. And you have blessed us with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies. That in accordance with your plan for us, we might walk the earth realm in abundance. And we might stand in dominion over all the wiles of the enemy. We thank you, Lord, that you are doing a new thing in us today. So that the more you reveal to us, the more you teach us, the closer we get to that dream, to that position to that plan that you have for us. We thank you, Father. And as we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make, as well as every person that is part of this prayer meeting and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group by the precious blood of Jesus. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will for each of these lives, Lord. I call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters and spiritual attacks. I command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. And we also herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word, Lord, from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. That says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it, without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth this day. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the power of life on our tongue. Thank you for the discernment to choose life every time we speak. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Today we reflect on a topic that is connected with our last series on life and death. And it is actually the, the systems, it is a continuation in that series. But this is, we to, today we reflect on 
the systems, the processes that decide what is life and what is death. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. So today let's look at what is the curse of the law. Is it the same as a demonic curse? So when we say that or when we speak that verse, Galatians 3.13, what does it really mean? We probably, we'll probably take two parts today and tomorrow to cover that. Let's start with Adam. God gave Adam one rule. To not eat from a certain tree in the garden. And that was his law. Adam broke that rule, rebelled against God. So he broke the law. And Genesis chapter 3 verse 17 onwards tells us that he was cursed. A few hundred years after Abraham, actually 430 years after Abraham, God gave Moses his law. So till then there was no written, extensive written law. In Deuteronomy 28 verse 15, we see him saying, if you do not listen to his words, and do not obey his laws, then curses will chase and overtake us. In fact, Deuteronomy 27 verse 26 says, Cursed be anyone who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them. So in the age of Moses, the laws that were given to and through Moses to the Israelites, every single one of those 600 plus laws had to be followed. And this verse that we've just seen, Deuteronomy 27, Deuteronomy 27, verse 26 says, anyone that does not abide by those laws, that breaks them, they would be cursed. So the curse of the law is actually the breaking of that law or rebellion against it. And then that's what brings the curse. So that curse that the person will have to live by is actually what death is. When you look at the curses that are mentioned in Deuteronomy 28, you compare that with what Adam was given in Genesis 3. You can see it in multiple other places as well. The warnings that God gives for those that do not abide by the law or those that step into rebellion. That is what spells death. Now Romans 3 verse 23 says, About all people, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Man being limited, being vulnerable to sin, corrupted in his thinking, will always fall short of the law. So in the Old Testament book of Leviticus, God prescribed appeasement offerings which the priest was to offer on behalf of the people and then their sins would be forgiven. But there still was no grace made available at that time. It was only judgment against the law whether it is fulfilled or not and if not then these offerings had to be made. People had to atone for every sin they committed. Practically speaking, 
this would also be a very expensive affair because sin offering involved and there were five types of offering in general but the sin offering just limiting to one now for the purpose of time sin offering would involve sacrificing of bulls and goats if you if you uh, project that into today's circumstances how many bulls and goats can any of us afford to buy for every sin we commit technically living under the law first thing we would be under serious debt making these purchases all the time and we would be constantly living under the curse with no hope of rising or coming out of it because there were only appeasement it was only meant to atone for that particular sin or at that time there are instances in leviticus 16 where the goat where the high priest confessed the sins of all the people on a goat and then that goat was banished outside the city but in general these offerings lasted or didn't cover more than a year so after a year's time they had to be repeated again and that is why 2 corinthians 3 verse 6 says the law which is also referred to as the letter said the letter only kills so that law can only bring death and even saint paul when he talks further about the law he says knowledge of the law can only point towards sin not towards life not towards mercy and the old priesthood and ordinances are only a shadow of the new so when we start reading from hebrews chapter 10 the old priesthood of leviticus you see was gradually then replaced in the new testament with a new kind of priesthood that would be eternal and when you say eternal this priesthood is now in the order of melchizedek because he had no beginning and no end so the new priesthood is now eternal more importantly pleasing to god the ordinance prescribed here now becomes it follows the lines of the old levitical ordinances but this one was pleasing to god rather than just appeasing him for a short term this is the altar of jesus sacrifice the cross which is the biggest of all altars and he paid it all in full because the price of his precious blood is not just the price of goats and bulls that had to be repeated every year but the first thing is it is a living sacrifice of himself and in his priesthood where humans became the living sacrifice on the altar that kind of sacrifice becomes when you start reading romans 12 that kind of sacrifice is pleasing to god Hebrews 10 verse 6 says a sacrifice you would not accept a body you have prepared for me and that is about Jesus and in the same way with us being his disciples and when Romans 12 to says present your bodies as living sacrifice that's what he did in the first instance we are called to do the same sacrifices prescribed by the law did not satisfy god 
It only appeased him for a time. But with Jesus' sacrifice, it had to be done only once. And it was all paid in full. So now we don't need to be worrying about purchasing bulls and goats. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. So all we need to do in order to be justified is to step in, to believe in our heart and con confess with our mouth that faith in Jesus. And then we are covered by his sacrifice, by his altar. And we can continue to live by that faith and continue to be covered. So the next time we sin again, the only sacrifice that God asks there is what is prescribed in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21, which is repentance. Repenting and renouncing the sin, making every effort to turn away from it. So, in summary, when we're looking at the curse of the law, it is the cost of paying for your infringement against God's law. It ends in death, as we have seen in the last series. And the very same kind, the important thing there again, is the very same kind or system that caused that problem will have to pay the price for it. And that is why Jesus had to come as man. So, if you're looking at systems, if an evil altar caused witchcraft, then another altar, so the same kind, meaning an altar, would have to break, atone, repair, whatever was caused by another one of its kinds. That is why in order to destroy the works of an, an evil altar, we do need to raise a righteous altar. But in this case, in order to destroy sin in man, Jesus had to come as man, not as divine deity. So he had to take birth in the form of a man. He had to pay the price in full in accordance with the law as a man so that then the law was upheld and fulfilled. Man paid the price for breaking the law and man is now restored. The only difference is the one paying the price is Jesus in the form of man and the man restored is you and me. That's where his divine exchange comes in. All we need to do to claim that price that he paid on our behalf is to be reconciled with God. That's why the only sacrifice prescribed there for us really is 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18 to 21. Repentance. And Jesus said, I came to uphold the law, not to abolish it, which means he came to fulfill Whatever punishment was prescribed there so that the law is not broken, it is not circumvented, it is not bent and twisted. The law remains as his and is always fulfilled. So not even Satan or any demonic entity can claim foul play. The law is still upheld. And that is why we can accuse, sorry, we can overcome the accuser by the blood of Jesus. And the accuser has nothing. He cannot claim foul play. Neither has he have, does he have any argument. And we can be justified by the law. It is why the Bible says the just 
which is the justified, shall live by faith. And I'm going to go ahead to say, shall live by faith and wear the righteousness as a garment, the righteousness of Jesus as a garment on us. So that when we are presented before God, God sees that face of righteousness and declares us justified. So Jesus fulfills God's law so that we don't have to. So even when we are under grace, the law still applies to us. And he's our redemption provided we repent. And then we make all effort to renounce that sin and not go back to it. Now, if you read Isaiah chapter 1, it actually talks of all this that we have discussed about the law and including repentance. And that one verse, Galatians 3.13, is what covers that whole description then. Prophecy in the Old Testament from Isaiah and fulfillment through Christ. And the message for us is, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That kingdom of God is atonement and then restoration to life like we have been reflecting on the last three days. Now, is this curse the same as demonic oppression? Or can we use it in the case of the curse from demonic oppression? My personal view is they are two different things. We can break the power of demonic curses by the blood of Jesus, by cancelling those words spoken over us. But demonic curses are not curse of the law. Curse of the law is only that which comes from breaking the law. Fortunately for us, the solution is the same. In both cases, it is still the blood of Jesus. And when he redeems us from the curse of the law, then we can be filled with Abraham's blessings that were covenanted to Abraham and his seed. And Paul says his seed is Jesus. So how are we filled? We are filled through adoption to sonship. And that can only happen through faith. So tomorrow we will look at how Jesus redeemed us. What is that divine exchange taking place? Then we get a full, we come to a full understanding of Jesus Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we'll continue on this uh, topic tomorrow and hopefully conclude it there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for an opening of our minds to understand so that when we look at your word and we study your word and you, your, your word says your spirit by your spirit you put your laws on our hearts so that when we reflect on what your word teaches us and the spirit makes it real to us then that becomes our way of life and not out of fear of breaking the law or having to conform to that law but out of love for you that these are your ways this is your principles and they are meant to bring us joy, peace, and righteousness through your spirit. I ask for that edification in our spirit, our understanding to be open, so that our prayer life and our Christian experience can be transformed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask this.
And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease. For all families facing division and separation of any kind. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially that of prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance, poverty, all kinds of addictions. That every yoke of the enemy over these lives be broken by the blood of Jesus. We pray also for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends, especially those not yet saved. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. As we release our faith and our prayer, making this our prayer of agreement with each other in the Spirit, we believe that we have received, Lord. We believe that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the Spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift to release your tongue and your faith and ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Thank Jesus. You. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Sadakia. <laughs> 
Ya <laughs> 
Thank you, Jesus. Praise Jesus. Scripture that's been put on my heart today is from Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 24. Put off the old man that belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new man created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a scripture shared in the chat. This is from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, quoted from the NIV. Where it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Did you open the front door, Henry? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these morning encounters, Brother Savio's powerful daily reflections, our daily divine mercy and rosy sessions, as well as Friday Bible teachings, please share those with friends and family. Invite them to come join us during live sessions, as well as point them to the recordings. And you can share the Telegram group with them as well, so they can post prayer requests. And let the mercy and the grace, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and His favor that comes out of His jealous love for us, chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day ahead, everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, Russell. God, God, bless God bless everyone. God bless everyone.